Hi, my name's Nick Jeffries, and you're watching New Weekly, episode two. Currently, the house is 3,500 square feet, so it's already big. It's got to be worth three, three to four million quid. And she said to me and my business partner, naughty boys, we've heard all about you. Uh, we viewed a beautiful six and a half thousand square foot house, which hopefully we are going to be doing the double extension and full refurb. There has designed a scheme for a paddle tennis facility and he wants us to price up the first one. Let's go! It's 10 a.m. and already we've had a really busy Monday morning. Zach and the boys are on site doing their meetings. I'm in the office catching up on the weekend's emails and I had a few Zoom calls already this morning with Alistair Downey, with Khalid in Dubai and also Susanna, one of the architects. So with Alistair Downey, He's an independent architect we collaborate with, and we have got several projects on the go with him. One is a six and a half thousand square foot house in Henley on Thames. Beautiful um, country estate. We are adding 2,000 square feet and also two conservatories on the end. Full refurb double extension to conservatories. Um, at the moment, I think we're going for a pre-app. Uh, so that's gonna be lined up, ready to go sometime next year. Uh, the other ones we've been working on with Alistair is a multi-unit development in Barnes. This is on a commercial site where we've got a pre-app in to demolish and to build nine houses and one commercial. Um, we've also got a new build house in Putney, which is five minutes away. It's got an existing 1960 brick building, which is quite ugly. And the clients have owned it for 30 years and basically want to demolish it and build something really modern and contemporary. I've seen the drawings. It's got a lot of glass, very, very cool. And uh, that'll be in the pipeline for some time in 2022. Um, what else we got? We got a Fulham terraced house, which the client wants a small kitchen extension and a full refurb and a complete remodel inside. Currently the house is 3,500 square feet. So it's already big. It's got to be worth three, three to four million quid easily. Um, Alistair's going around there tomorrow to meet the client. The clients are a Chinese family and um, he's dealt with many international clients before. Um, also, what else? Yeah, we went to see a property in Buckingham Palace last week. Alistair is going to see the client, uh, which is just opposite Buckingham Palace. This is a thousand square foot apartment and the client wants to demolish some internal walls, remodel and fit out the existing. So I think he's seeing them tomorrow at one and then the client's coming here tomorrow to speak to us about a budget bill cost. 
And this client has actually got a 10,000 square foot house in Chislehurst. They're thinking about giving it to new, so we want this job. Uh, what else? Near my house in Portsmouth, we've got a development opportunity for 22 social housing houses in this sort of, it's not green belt, but it's in the local plan for, for potential social houses. So that's something Alistair's been working on. And I've got a local housing association uh, working on the numbers for us. Um, if they're interested, we need to get a pre-application in. So the council says yes, they would consider a residential scheme on this bit of land. Uh, and also Alastair, he is living in the Cotswolds at the moment. And one of his buddies has got a, a cottage and they want a small extension. Now, it's a, it's a pretty small job for us, but we're doing it because Alastair says there's a lack of builders in the Cotswolds. And the people who have been up there, uh, the builders up there, they're extremely expensive because they've got the market share. So if we can bring a bit of our magic to that area, I'm sure we'll be able to kick off and take over very quickly. So that was Alastair Downey. Um, I've also been on the phone to Khalid in Dubai. So new projects have got a office in Dubai. We've got a few partners, Khalid being one of them. He's an engineer by trade but he's also really good with people and he's very well connected. Uh, this morning, he sent us an opportunity which we put up on the screen. It is a 10,000 square foot villa and the client wants a complete design and build package on it. So this could be very, very cool. Um, watch this space. I can't tell you much at the moment because I don't really know too much, but Zach, We'll price the job up next week, and then all we can do is our best to see if we can win it. So that is uh, Khalid, and then uh, Susanna, uh, my old architect, she's independent, freelance. She's been in Italy for a good year and a half while the COVID pandemic's been on. She's now back in the UK, and she's looking to get some work. So she came in to see me this morning about uh, about an hour ago to see if we've got any sort of maybe basements or loft conversions or mansard she can do some work with us on. So she's very reliable, she's on it. If I give her an opportunity, she literally gets her laptop out and she starts working on it there and then. So if any of you guys out there are looking for an architect, don't forget to give us a call because we can take care of architecture, interior design, project management and construction. Um, what else, what else? So that is my three calls this morning. And if you remember what we did, I think on Thursday last week, we did a site visit with Anthony to Wandsworth Bridge Road, which was a development opportunity. We put the plans on screen now, so you can have a look. So basically it's a commercial unit with residential above. The client has got planning for a double rear extension and to convert half the commercial into residential. So this will be four resi units and one commercial. The resi total 2,695 square feet, 
and the commercial would be 649 square feet. So I've just done a little appraisal on the site to see if we can make it stack up as a development opportunity for new. So basically we find opportunities, I let an investor know what we're doing, he says, I like it, I like the numbers, and they'd fund the project. So let's have a look at the numbers. I'll put the numbers on the screen for you now so you can see. So the purchase price for this unmodernized opportunity with planning, the purchase price is 1.8 million. So total square footage is 3,344, including resi and commercial when it's finished. If we do the resale value blended, because the re resi, resi is gonna be more pound per square foot, commercial is gonna be less. So if we do a blended at 875 pounds a square foot, that means the GDV, the gross development value, is gonna be 2.9 million. So if we do 2.9 million for that, I think the stamp duty it's gonna be about, I don't know, 5% maybe, maybe a bit more, 85K. Um, the bill cost, I'm gonna factor the bill cost in at 125 pounds a square foot for the bill cost. So that brings the build in at 418K. 5% VAT, because it's a commercial into resi. That's 20 grand VAT. So, we buy for 1.8, it's gonna cost 418K plus VAT to do the build, that's 447. I'll put estate agent selling fees at 1%, so that is 29K. So I'm working out here, all the money we got to buy and do the build is 2.275 million. So that leaves coming up to 600,000 quid profit on the job. The build is gonna take about 12 months to do on average. That's a 20% return on the investor's money, which probably we go 50-50 or 70-30. So I think this deal stacks up quite well. Let me know in the comments what you think. Let's go. Hi, it's Tuesday morning and I've just turned up at the office and uh, it's been busy. We've had a few dramas with the video we uploaded to YouTube yesterday. Unfortunately, it didn't update as a HD high definition video. It was like on very low res. So we've had to play around with it this morning uh, Zoltan's been working on it for the last two hours, trying to make it look as nice as it possibly can do. And I think it's all been sorted now. Um, we also had to go over it because one of the boys on site uh, swore and we don't want any algorithm picking up any uh, swear words on YouTube. So these are all things we're trying to rectify to make sure moving forward our new weekly is a great production. Uh, other news, uh, Zach phoned me up this morning. He's not coming in. He's got a few projects 
um, out of town we're trying to deal with and uh, if he was to come in today it's about a three or four hour round trip uh, from Luton so uh, we've also got another office in Luton which take care of multi-unit developments um, and sometimes if there'll be have dramas I just say to the boys stay out of town let's deal with what is important and uh, I'm sure the team in West London can deal with uh, the live opportunities so what else is happening? Alistair Downey is meeting the lady in uh, Fulham today. I think that house was the three and a half thousand square foot townhouse where she wants a kitchen extension and full refurb. Also, Al's just met, I think the guy's name is Hassan, uh, for Buckingham Palace, uh, the flat near Buckingham Palace. Um, that went well. Uh, I think the guy is coming in the office within the next hour to meet me and we're going to be talking about budgets, layouts and timescales. Uh, what else has been going on? We're collecting a set of keys from Regal Road because the uh, structure Shell and Core contractors have now completed their uh, project with new and now we're going to be working out a plan to bring in the fit out team and that is in Regal Road, Fulham. Uh, the project has taken some time but listen no project is without its own dramas and that is what we're dealing with every day when we've got multiple sites on the go you tend to find at least one or two we've got dramas like materials turning up late maybe neighbors moaning about noise or dust or dirt um, so there's all kinds of problems we deal with uh, but listen let's have a catch up later on and i'll speak to you soon So we're just heading back to the office because uh, I was on my way to meet my accountant Mike Kirby when I got a message to say Nick let's put the meeting on hold because he's tested positive for Covid. Now Mike is 77 years old so um, he's had double jabs but he's still got the old Covid and I don't think he's been too well so I'm going to be staying away from Covid. Mike we're calling now COVID Mike and um, we will wish him the best and hopefully he'll get better soon and uh, I'll see him next week hopefully. Uh, Mike's based in Petersfield which is not too far away from where I live in fact it's about 10-15 minutes away. So I don't live in London I live in Hampshire in a place called Horndean and uh, I was born in Portsmouth and uh, so I've always been around that area and Horndean is probably uh, 20 minutes away from Portsmouth down the A3. Now I love living out of town even though London's the best city in the world and this is where we make our money and our office is in Fulham. I just love getting in the car, traveling down the A3 and just getting home. You know we've got a, we've got a nice house big garden, fresh air, it backs onto uh, the South Downs, so literally we can look out the window 
and in the morning we can see birds of prey and even deers and foxes just mingling around in the bushes so why on earth would you want to live in a city when you got that on your doorstep um so a few questions i get asked quite a lot is so when new started 12 years ago coming up 2010 I originally started it with an ex-business partner and we went from zero to heroes very quickly. We landed some high profile clients, i.e. David Gandhi, the supermodel, and we also landed Kylie Minogue, the pop princess. So as you can imagine, working with those kinds of people and creating content even back then that launched us to the next level. We were doing, I think off the back of Kylie, we did Natalie and Brulio's house. We did uh, Binky for Made in Chelsea. We've did loads of their, their friends. They've done a few professional footballers we can't mention. And also high net worths in and around South Kensington, Chelsea and Mayfair. So, yeah, I started it with my ex-business partner and for maybe four or five years, we were smashing it. We were doing large basement projects, uh, multi-unit schemes. We thought we were untouchable. I thought we were untouchable. But behind the scenes, he was planning different things. What he was planning was in fact setting up a different company behind my back. He started it with a, an old interior designer who used to work for us too. And um, unknowingly to me, all the deals which were coming into new, I think this was about 2015, 2016, he was squirreling away those deals into the new company they set up first thing I was knowing about this was why is our deal flow so weak? Where is our projects going? Even though we had 10 projects on the go and money was coming in, the new leads, the new prospects, I couldn't see them. Um, and then we kept getting phone calls coming in to say, Nick, we're getting uh, asked for this company. I won't mention the company's name. And I said, who are they? So went on Google with the company, had a little look who the directors were and lo and behold it was my old business partner and the interior designer. What the? I went absolutely ballistic. So that was the downfall of our relationship and that was when new builds, which it was called then, came to the end and that's why people when people do their due diligence on new they see there's a new company along the way and this is why I have to explain to people this is what happens you know we had a business relationship with my ex-business partner it went wrong we had to reset and start again and that is when I reset I got rid of everyone I kept the office I changed the branding now it was hashtag NU, 
relaunched new projects, started marketing, creating YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn ads. And this is how we pushed the brand to where it is today. And that's why creating content like we're doing now with Zoltan filming is crucial because it's all about being real and, and being yourself on camera. I know some people don't like speaking in front of the camera. I hated it when I started off. You get embarrassed, you stutter, you sweat, but guess what? It doesn't matter because it's all about being real. And when I speak to you now and you're watching this, you're seeing the real me. So at the moment, we're just driving up. Um, where are we? Fulham Road in Chelsea. So over the last 10, 12 years, we've done many projects along here. Um, in fact, Kylie's house, she doesn't live there no more, so I can tell you where it was. It's in Drayton Gardens, which is literally about half a mile up off of uh, Fulham Road. She came to us first through her PA. So this is going back to maybe 2014, 15. We had a phone call and it was from a Australian lady saying, can you come to our unit? We want some painting and decorating done. So me and my ex-business partner went round in our little car, went round there and there was a big empty unit, about 1,500 square feet in size. They wanted it just painted, some new tiles put down on the floor. Fine, it's a small job. She wouldn't tell us who the client was. Um, so we were trying to guess. Um, and then about two weeks later, after it's all painted and decorated, we walk back in and in the middle of the unit was a big flight case, big aluminium flight case. And on the side it said, Kylie Minogue World Tour. And we went, yes, Kylie is Kylie. So being boys, boys would be boys, no one else was around. We opened up the flight case and inside was all of her costumes. We had to have some selfies, didn't we? So we got one of our pieces of clothing, let's put it that way, put it on our head and we were doing selfies. It was hilarious. So off the back of that, we had a phone call and the PA said to us, we're just driving by Drayton Gardens now, it's literally just up there. And the PA said to us, uh, my client would like to meet you, cheeky boys. And we said, good. So we went to Drayton Gardens, which is just there, walked in the front room and Kylie was in the sofa. And she said to me and my business partner, naughty boys, we've heard all about you. And that was the start of a really good, fun relationship. Um, so what she wanted in Drayton Gardens, we basically changed, it was a 6,000 square foot house, massive house, always paparazzi outside front and rear. 
we changed all the windows in the house, the sash windows, because she wanted triple glazed sash windows. And because they were heavy glass, we had to do the, all the rebalancing on the, on the, on the sash. Uh, she wanted her all her bathroom stripped out and uh, redone. Now, Kylie's taste wasn't really high end. It was like, she liked antiques and she used to like going to France and pottering around the little antique markets and buying just ornaments and stuff. Not for, no, not flash at all. Uh, so we did that and um, but as we're doing Kylie's, we're also doing David Gandhi's house in Fulham. We found David Gandhi, or did David find us? Because we walked into a cafe in Fulham and my mate said to me, that's David Gandhi. And I said, who's David Gandhi? So I went back to the office, Googled David Gandhi, and I saw, oh, he's the DNG model. I then friend requested him on Facebook and I said, hi, David, just seen you in Tinto's. If you ever want to have a coffee, give me a call. Half hour later, he messaged back and said, hi, mate, sure, see you next time in Nintendo's. And we met the week after. He knew we were in uh, uh, we were, uh, Builders. And he said, look, we're looking for a, a property to buy uh, and add a, a basement and a kitchen extension loft conversion. So basically we helped him find his property in Fulham. We got planning for a basement kitchen extension for refurb. And um, that was a relationship with Gandhi for about three or four years and we spent quite a lot of time we went to Milan with Gandhi a guest of DNG which was fun and also we were guest of DNG at their launch party um, at their menswear store in Bond Street also who walked in was Kylie and Gandhi so I'm, I've got a great photo I'm in the middle I've got Kylie one arm and I've got Gandhi the other arm great times great times but yeah so the moral of this story is you never know who's going to walk in your life who's going to be calling you up who's going to be asking for your services but if they don't know who you are if they can't contact you if you don't create the content on the all platforms video audio stills articles, vlogs, blogs, no one's gonna know who you are. You're gonna be obsolete. And that's why we create content at scale because we wanna dominate and make sure all of our competition is on their heels wondering how the hell do we do it? And that is that. Let's go. Hi everyone, it's Wednesday morning at 11am and we've just left Henley. Uh, we viewed a beautiful 6,500 square foot house, which hopefully we are going to be doing the double extension and full refurb. What do you think about the house, Zach? It's a lovely house, lovely grounds. Yeah. A lovely grounds. Lovely grounds and it's a little cottage which After the client wants us to refurb first so basically it's 12 and a half acres and on the site it's got the main house and two cottages one cottage has already been rented out the other cottage is completely 
almost sort of derelict. And um, the lady doesn't really want to spend too much on the refurb because what she intends to do in the future is demolish and rebuild uh, probably about a three or four thousand square foot house. So we're going to put an estimate over there for Friday and hopefully get some boys on site, which Zach will sort out. Yeah, it's a lovely house. Uh, How long do you think it take to do the main house? So the double extension and the, the full refurb? The main house will take about 10 months. 10 months. Yeah, because obviously I reckon when it comes to the finishing stage, there'll be a lot of details that she would want to follow, etc. Yeah. Like, like from the meeting, uh, she doesn't want to spend too much money. She's got a quite of a tight budget. So we've just got to look at the numbers and make sure that, you know, it's, 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 it's definitely something we can do. And um, yeah, etc. So, so for you guys out there, Zach is the MD of new, but also he's a qualified quantity surveyor. So commercially, the numbers are the most important thing for the company and the QS to make sure each project stacks up and we make money. How did you get into quantity surveying? Well, basically, I used to work for that mate. The yeah, yeah. So, so it was, it was, um, it was a funny one to be honest. I never thought I was gonna ever be in construction um, at all, to be honest. Because what happened was um, I left school and um, I went. I started my A levels. And to be honest, I didn't really like college, so I sort of dropped out. I dropped out and uh, and uh, looked for an, uh, an apprenticeship. Yeah. And luckily, mm. at that time, there was like a, a big regeneration program going on. Uh, what, in Luton? In, in Luton, yeah, 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 yeah. So at that time where I lived in Luton, I don't live in Luton anymore, but yeah. <clears throat> in Luton, there was a big regeneration program going on. And they were just building loads and loads of schools, like extending schools, refurbishment schools, new builds to schools, and they were like, projects from 10 million to 20 million 30 million and uh, weights construction are uh, they won the framework so I left school um, obviously at that time like I've told you before these guys don't really believe me because obviously you know I put a bit of timber on since then I used to box and um, you know my focus was the boxing and and, and, and you know I was sort of, you know I was making time for training so I left college and uh, I started looking for an apprenticeship got an apprenticeship with uh, White's construction as a trainee a management trainee and then um, you know they asked me what you want to do I said I like numbers and I was good at that so um, I became a trainee QS worked my way up as a QS there and then um, once once I'd done that that's, that's how I literally that's how I started really became a QS and then and rest is history really and what happened to the boxing? Well, you can see what I was out of the boxing. Can't you see that? Yeah. Yeah, the six pack's gone. <laughs> um, yeah. But so, there was a compromise, wasn't it? Because you were in, you was in the GB team. Yeah, yeah. So I was in the. So basically, but it wasn't paying enough money. Yeah. So to survive. I didn't come from money, uh, like a lot of us don't. You know, I didn't come from money. Uh, I was the eldest siblings. I had a lot of responsibility from a young age. But what happened was I was boxing. Unfortunately, I couldn't get the sponsors and I couldn't get the funding. Even I, even at that time, I was. I won all the national titles that you can win, like the ABAs, schoolboys, uh, etc. Uh, but I, ju I just couldn't get, I just couldn't get the funding in place, and I couldn't get the sponsors. And back then, going probably about 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago, you know, there wasn't the social media platforms weren't how they are now. A lot of athletes, even if they're not top at the sport, if they're making a few videos 
on their boxing, they, they suddenly they're famous. People attention. It's a lot of uh, a lot now. It's all about uh, branding, m- branding, media. Like if you can get all the media attention, and you're not really that good at your at your sport, you still make it. So back then, how are you making the money? So Team GB was giving you so uh, team, so some team, money, weren't they? Yeah, so we was getting funded by Lottery Fund, um, and they were doing our, you know, they were paying for our transport and getting a nutrition and that. But it wasn't enough because unfortunately, boxing after the the 2012 Olympics, like Anthony Joshua uh, was called um, um, uh, boxed in, and all these all these high profile names. You know, like Josh Taylor, yeah. fantastic, fantastic fighter. Uh, these guys, um, these guys was called, got the the media attention, and they, and then they realised that you know what. But you got to have some kind of talent as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But of course, you yeah, had yeah. the talent, but you didn't want to focus on the boxing because you wanted the money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then, what what happened was, plus I had a lot of responsibility at home, so yeah. I had to then. I had no choice really to be honest and I sort of like slowly slowly the older you got I let go I stopped going to the training the England squad camp trainings and then it sort of just it sort of it's just fizzled it, out it, it fizzled out really yeah and then I got into construction got into construction worked for weights um, I was called and uh, uh, and then and then I had a, a, a business previous to this uh, with someone and uh, that we done really well out of that and uh, then we were here, here I'm today so that, that's that's what happened yeah. But going back to it, so QSing yep. is one of the most important roles within construction. Absolutely, if you yeah. Get, if you don't price the job up correctly and you don't monitor the variations along the way, absolutely, yeah, you're going to find yourself in a big load of. Without a Q, without so most businesses, construction businesses, the guys who run, who are MDs or are running the. Uh, uh, you know, running the companies are usually QSs. I'm not saying project managers and project directors that level cannot can not run the company, but commercially the company. What you have to realise is you, you need to understand the business commercially. For example, is you know money coming in the business, money going out the business, and anyone out there who's probably watching this or or or, or, or listening to this or another construction or another construction company or especially um, young entrepreneurs in construction and they're probably watching us thinking yeah we want it we want to do a bit of that it's so important firstly it's important for the client that we get the numbers right secondly it's important for us so we make a profit for the business and the client needs to understand that the trouble is if you don't have your own QS very difficult QS's are very expensive they are yeah very expensive yeah and it's a numbers game isn't it so if yeah, yeah. If I'm, I'm, I just I'm on about 100 grand a day no £100,000 a day probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, but a normal construction company, if they are pricing up 10 projects a month, yeah. and if they're getting a QS on board, they're not going to win every single one of them. They may, no. may, need, may, they may win one out of 10 if they're lucky. So either you're a small main contractor, like a small main contractor to a large main contractor, your turn, your winning ratio is always going to be around about the 5 to 10%. Yeah. So obviously, like, our business, we're always meeting new clients, Getting the work in, pricing, get the numbers right, and then trying to trying to trying to get awarded the project. You know, yeah. right now, all right now, it might seem like we're sitting in a car, driving around, not doing much, and 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 uh, and, uh, and uh, but what are we what are we doing? We're actually trying to generate business mm. for our business. So oh, yeah. for NU, we're trying to generate business. Um, so you know, we, we keep going because you've got to remember, we're right now we're in October, so we're coming, uh, we're we're coming. We're coming very close to now 
near the end of the year. So we need to start looking at booking jobs and projects in for January, February, March, April. Definitely. This part of the year is gone. And um, like I said, it's, like, like you said, uh, Nick, it's very important. Numbers um, and also having a very good delivery team. And I think we're quite lucky. We do, you know, we're not perfect, but we do have a, uh, at the end of the day, there's no easy day in construction. Like just this morning, we had to speak to a client about, you know, a design problem, uh, what's going on, etc. You know, we hope that they understood. You know, these are the challenges that we face every single day. You know, and that's how it is. If you're running a running a business, owning a business, or running a construction business, you you gotta have thick skin. That's yeah. how, that's how it goes, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know, we both been through uh, processes where you know we've fallen out with clients not in pur- not purposely but unfortunately they're not understanding where we're coming from the biggest problem i find in construction is when you sign a contract a um, lot of clients think i've signed a contract and that's it i'm not going to pay any more money but unfortunately we don't want to come and get more money off you we want to say what we priced and that's what we'll do off the drawings or a scope of works or schedule of works whatever at the time of tender process but Unfortunately, what happens is when something small changes, it's a knock-on effect cost for all of us. Yeah. We've got to pay more money in labour. We've got to pay more money in material. It all adds up from one pound to a thousand pound. It just all adds up. And at the end of it, we got enough at the council. At the end of it, when they get the bill on the variation account, they think, "Wow, this is what I never." Yeah, it's always a shock, isn't it? It is always a shock. Yeah. So our job is to make sure make it understand it, so we can make them understand it and show them with the evidence that, why. It's and that, why it's and that is what a QS does. Yeah, that's what the QS, QS does. Protects new and the and the client should have their own QS. That's right. Yeah. Protecting them. That's right. Yeah. Sometimes you know you have a title called project management, where a client will use of a larger client. For example, you know, it, the project we just saw now uh, in Henley. You know, it's it's in it's a multi-million pound project. So that type of client would always have a professional project manager as a consultant on behind them. So they're making sure that you know, and, and that way it's a good way because we will deal with them directly instead of the client, uh, which is which is a lot better than uh, dealing with them directly can cause problems. We could uh, speak to the client's representative, like the the project management team, and say to them, "We've got a problem with this. This is what it is." And professionals will understand. Most professionals, if you can make it clear to them, they'll understand why it's happened and they'll be able to deliver that message to the to the client. Because sometimes speaking to the client, you can come across like aggressive when you, you're not trying to come aggressive because you're trying to protect your own interest at the end of the day and plus you are protecting them. But at the same time, you're not, you, you don't want to lose that money as well, commercially. Um, and, and that's the most important thing. And another thing for us is, is that where we have guys on site, you know, they explain a certain situation to us. The client has a different opinion to it. And the, 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 the our subcontractors, majority of subcontractors work on price. We really have contractors that work on day rate because oh. they will take too long. So it's agreed price. It's their initial goal to get a job done quick as possible. Whether we had some problems like party wall issues, all those things take time and delay. And then when we go back to the client and say, look, we've had a delay here, you need to factor it in. They're like, they don't want to know. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, yeah. but but we're always trying to, we're trying to make sure that we're, we're fair. That's the most important thing. Um, that's it really. That's it. Yeah. So what we're doing now, we're, we're just heading to the Cotswolds now. So we left Henley about half hour ago 
and now we are on the way to the Cotswolds and so Alistair Downey that's where he lives so does his sister his sister has given us a project to price up which is literally it's a little extension isn't it yeah it's not it's not a big job it's a bit too small for us to be to be fair but yeah. it's going to take us into a new location the Cotswolds obviously at the moment it is hot real estate up there um, apparently there's lots of opportunities for someone like new to come in and to try and get established we may even partner up with our and get some kind of office space yeah um, so yeah um, and I think it's really important Nick that we can find these areas new locations new locations even, even yeah. we're in Fulham and a lot of our work is around Chelsea Kensington and these areas and you know like we're looking to obviously um, have these new divisions uh, yeah. like N, uh, mm. NU uh, town and country yeah. I think it's important well, they understand I think we bring a, a different skill set there's, there is not a single contractor in the country like new. Nothing. There's no one who can compete with us. With our marketing, branding, sales, drive, ambition. Not at all. 100%. Not at all. Well, listen, we will give you another update later on uh, and we'll speak soon. Let's go. So it's Thursday morning and it is half past 10. I've had a few meetings. I've um, just about recovered from our trip out yesterday. So as you saw, uh, we went to Henley first to see a six and a half thousand square foot house and also a thousand square foot cottage, which is on a 12 acre site. We couldn't show any video of the house and the cottage because the client is very private and she doesn't want us talking about this new opportunity in Henley because it is a prime spot and she's worried about security. Uh, but watch this space. We are really hopeful that we're going to win the cottage to start off with. Uh, basically, uh, the lady wants to give us the opportunity on the cottage, but her, at the moment her budget is quite limited. But we're going to do our best to see if we can make it work. So after we left Henley, we got in the car and uh, we had a bite to eat next door in the golf club. Uh, and then we headed up to the Cotswolds. Now, this job um, in the Cotswolds, it's only small. The extension on this cottage is probably about 400 square feet. The uh, foundations have already been done by a contractor who started the job, but unfortunately, due to health issues, he had to uh, stop the project. The owner of the site is Alastair's sister. Now, Alastair is one of the trusted architects we work with, and he also lives in the Cotswolds, which we are going to try and help his sister out and make sure we can sort of deliver her project for her. Um, it's a beautiful area. Uh, I've never been to the Cotswolds before, but it's highly desirable. Uh, we are going to be working with a trusted subcontractor on this job uh, because for us, Fulham, Cotswolds, it's a bit of a big jump. And as the project isn't a high valued project, we can't really afford to um, use our team to travel up to, uh, to Cotswolds at the moment. But 
it is on a nice main road. So we can have a hoarding going the whole length of the property, black hoarding, black, uh, beautiful uh, banner, gold NU. So hopefully we're gonna attract some more interest for new inquiries from the Cotswolds. So obviously it'd be a, a, an ideal location, lots of high net worths in the area, but all we wanna do is find a project which with a, with a bit of meat on the bone, something like maybe a big new build property or something where we're gonna re, re, uh, remodel the whole interior, maybe a bit of interior design and architecture. So that was yesterday. We must have been on the road six or seven hours. So but by the time we got back to Fulham, I think it's about half past five, I was wiped out. Just enough time to have a cup of coffee, chill out a bit, and then I headed back home to Portsmouth. Uh, but this morning, back in the office in Fulham, I've had meetings with uh, Frederica, the interior designer, um, about potential projects in the pipeline, which she's working on, which we're working on. Now, she is a local interior designer based in Fulham. She's always also got properties in Chelsea. She's highly connected. So one of my uh, tips for her today, I said, look, try and speak to people within your network to see if we can drum up some business within her power network, i.e. people she knows, friends, family, associates, business colleagues, whoever, it doesn't matter. If they've got a property in prime areas of London, which need architecture, interior design, project management, and construction, we wanna do it. So that was uh, Frederica. Um, also, Alistair Downey, he's also been instructed by a investor to come up with a scheme for paddle tennis. So it's a new craze going through the UK and around the world, paddle tennis. So basically, they wanna find locations around the country, basically within commercial business parks and shopping centers four, 5,000 square feet, so they can have a couple of courts, and uh, maybe in areas where it's not being used, in car parks or back of the, back of the shopping centers. So Alastair has designed a scheme for a paddle tennis facility, and he wants us to price up the first one. Because once we pass, price up the first one and we have our bill of quants, we know roughly pound per square foot, how much it's gonna to cost to set these up around the country. So that's coming over to us this week. So you can watch that space on that one. And also just to go over our deal pipeline, what's, what's uh, been successful over the last week and what have we lost uh, due to them going to other people. So um, the little bungalow, in uh, Chiswick, we wanted this one. It's like a little bungalow, mid-terrace, um, which is a bit odd because you, it's surrounded by other properties which are multi-story. Multi now, uh, unfortunately, the client has lost um, his bid. I think he came, out, come, came in with a certain level and he lost it. So that's, that's a shame. Montague Square in Mayfair, 
we are still talking to the client and the project manager about that one. That is a duplex ground and basement and the client wants to dig out a bit of the back of the basement to create more square footage and completely remodel and uh, fit out. So that one's still bubbling away. Uh, Markham Street in Chelsea, this one is a double rear extension which is going to be glass plus a basement full refurb. That one is with Alistair Downey, the architect. Um, Smith Street in Chelsea, little terraced house, maybe about 1500 square feet. We've priced this one up and this one's for a basement, kitchen extension and full refurb. Still chasing the client on that one. I just don't think she got the funds to do it basically because it's coming in around about a million quid. Chesham Road in uh, Kensington, full refurb, nothing too much, little extension. Again, we're chasing the architect on that. Um, architects are really keen to get us the price, but then they're really slow at getting back. It's like as if they just want to test the market to see what their, we'll see what the bill cost is going to come back in. Uh, Moore Park Road in Fulham, which is opposite Chelsea Football Club. Alistair Downey went to see the Chinese owner uh, two days ago. Very positive meeting. It looks like that one, fingers crossed, is coming our way. Extension, full refurb of a three and a half thousand square foot house in uh, Fulham. Um, one in um, New Forest, Hampshire. Again, from Alistair Downey. This one is a really lovely cottage with a big extension. Haven't heard too much about this one, so I will chase Alistair about that. Nice one in Lily Road in Fulham. Kitchen extension, full house refurbishment. Again, nice with the client. There's been some modifications and changes and we need to update our, our uh, estimate. And there's probably three or four still bubbling away. Um, so yeah, and the live projects, just to go over the live projects we've got, we have got live one. We've got we've won one in North End Road in Fulham, which is a flat in airspace. That one should be starting in a month's time. Um, Beaufort Street in Chelsea, duplex apartment, that was gonna be starting in a month's time. Bill cost roughly 250K, not much. First fix only. Farmley, um, Farmley um, Road in Southgate, that one is up and running, strip out, kitchen extension, full refurb, bill cost roughly 300. Alfton Road in Fulham, which we hopefully gonna go and see today, uh, kitchen extension, full refurb of a detached property. Not too bad. And we got Crabtree, which we saw last week, kitchen extension, full refurb. The uh, Embassy Gardens, Nine Elms, commercial unit, dentist, saw that one last week with you guys. Uh, I'll take you back there next week. Not much has happened because we're still waiting for the design team to pull their finger out. Uh, uh, Westfield Avenue in Barnes, got an information from the architect yesterday. Uh, the planners want some things changed on the extension, so we're gonna do that and it, then it should be getting full planning permission two weeks time. College Road, Dulwich, basement under the garden uh, of a big detached house. Going, going forward slowly. Again, with the design team, still waiting for them to uh, get some information back to us. And then last of all, Regal Road in Fulham. Basement, full refurb, loft conversion, pod room, shell and core's done. 
now we're on to uh, second fix. So that is the items which have been uh, uh, updated today. And um, let's have a, another catch up on our pipeline next week. Let's go. Morning everyone, it's Friday 10 a.m. and I've just got into the office. So what we're gonna do first thing, we're gonna do a little Q&A from Instagram. And I've got 10 questions which I'm going to answer. Number one, where is New based? Well, New is based on the Fulham High Street in Fulham. We've literally got Putney Bridge over there, we've got Putney Station, the road over here is Fulham Road and we got New Kings Road just going off here. So we've been here for six years. Number two, what services does New offer? Well, we offer architecture, interior design, project management and construction. So absolutely everything you need to deliver your project from start to finish. Number three, what is the most common home renovation? Well, I think that's gonna be, especially in Fulham, a kitchen side return and extension. That is when we take the boundaries from left to right. Maybe we do a glass kitchen extension or a solid kitchen extension with Velux windows, and then we put the bifolding doors at the end quite common practice in uh, London now. Number four, why are basements so expensive? They're expensive because when the excavators take all the earth out, that earth ends up costing a lot of money to take away. Plus, there's a lot of underpinning around the perimeter of the house. And don't forget, basements are roughly in Fulham, about 800 to 1,000 square feet. So that is gonna increase the square footage and the value by an awful lot of money. Number five, where does most of your work come from? Well, we're very, very proactive on digital marketing, social media, creating content for YouTube, uh, articles on LinkedIn, articles for the website. So people get to hear the message quite a lot on digital marketing. So if you follow new on Insta or Facebook or Twitter, you're gonna see me saying the same things all the time about new and number one for design and build. If you want architecture, interior design, project management and construction, give us a call. So we get most of our work from social media. Number six, why should a client choose new? Well, a client will usually come to new because we offer a turnkey service. That means we take care of absolutely everything from start to finish, including the party walls, the structural calculations and building control. So instead of a client going to individual professionals, they can come to us and they've only got to deal with one member of my team. Number seven, so they're getting pretty personal now. How old am I? I'm 51 years old and I'm 52 in March next year. Number eight, where do I live? I live near Portsmouth, 
in a village called Horndean. I was actually born in South Sea, which is on the coast. Number nine, what car do I drive? Well, my daily drive is a Tesla Model 3. It's a long range, so it gets me around about 300 miles with one charge, which that's plenty from, to get me from Portsmouth to London back for literally a couple of pounds. Number 10, what is your goal for new? My goal for new is to make new number one for design and build in all of London. So we want to be the very best. And that is why it's all about brand awareness, marketing, and doing a fantastic job. So that is 10 questions from my Instagram followers. And we'll do another 10 next week. So I'd just like to say this week is our second week of filming New Weekly. And uh, if you do have any questions you want to ask us, ask below in the comments and we'll do our best to respond. And uh, if you want us to cover a particular subject within new, maybe you want to see more site visits, you want to ask us some questions about design and build, maybe you want to see um, Zach showing you how you cost projects, because as he's a QS, he can show you the behind the scenes of how he prices jobs up. Um, so we're open to ideas. Um, and also don't forget to like, share and subscribe and hit the notification bell if you want to hear our latest updates. Have a great weekend and I'll speak to you next week. Let's go.